Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, everyone. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Line B, come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. That's my ducks. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. What's up, everyone? That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. On the phone again. It's a bit of a tradition we have here, uh, just to kind of give away the topic. Every Mighty Ducks Minute we've done thus far, Kevin has been on the phone. So, why switch it up here? that being said, Tommy, what is our topic today? Yeah, we're actually very superstitious. So Kevin's in just just in the other room on the phone. <laughs> we just made him call in. Uh, now our our topic, yeah, it's a it's a Mighty Ducks Minute episode, which is where we um we randomly generate a uh, right. a minute from the Mighty Ducks trilogy, and then watch that minute and dissect it. And I believe we borrow this idea from uh, is it called Star Wars Minute? Correct. And so this will be our, is this our third one that we've done? This is. We have done minute number 284. That was our first minute that came. That was like right before the JV played the varsity. And then we did minute 65, which was kind of the classroom scene in D1. And now we have randomly generated to minute 234, which comes kind of right before... Well, I guess during the Blake Bears game, right at the beginning of the Blake Bears game. It's really a, a good minute, and we've had a lot of good luck with these minutes, and we, we promise that we're not just like rigging this and picking good minutes, but to be fair, they're all good minutes. But this is another... Yeah, like There's not a bad minute in the bunch. That's true. Yeah, so just to kind of set the scene here, everyone's already at the arena, everyone's in the stadium, puck is getting ready to be dropped. Uh, Josh is on the radio, and then we jump in um, for our minute, and uh, we'll let you give a listen right here. Captain, since they played in District 5, I guess Coach O'Ryan's making a statement. That's it. Right after knuckle time, the minute ends. Uh, 
I don't know if that was a great audio minute, a lot of uh, music, but basically, pucks dropped. Charlie goes, he scores, he celebrates. Uh, really, a lot of Charlie kind of being a douche, flipping up his helmet, that kind of stuff. So, just kind of compared to the first two minutes, and based on what you remember about them, how does this minute compare for you guys? Well, I think uh, like the other two minutes, it you know it kind of tells a part of the story of the Mighty Ducks trilogy, and this is one of you know them being on top of the world. Um, and of course, spoiler alert, we all know that they end up tying the Blake Bears 9-9. So again, this kind of has uh, everything you want out of, a, out of a minute, you know, once you've seen the movies. Kevin? Yeah, and uh, I mean, for me, uh, I think, I don't think this is quite as impactful as the others were, but um, I do think it kind of gives a uh, a bit of a length into kind of uh, the maturation or immaturation, uh, if that's a word, of Charlie, um, just kind of how he's become this kind of cocky guy. Uh, so I think that's kind of the, 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 the center of this minute and the focus. Yeah. The other two minutes could, like, stood very well kind of by their own. Their own. I think this is less so, but... It does kind of give us, like Tommy said, a little kind of just kind of overall summary of the Mighty Ducks here. Uh, So we start, Charlie's on the ice. He flips up his helmet and he waves to Linda. You know what's very interesting about that is it's kind of a parallel to D2. When Banks is looking in the crowd and Charlie goes, hey, you got a girl in the stands? And Banks says, of course, nah, scouts. And in this one... Charlie, he's looking at the crowd, you know, he's, you know, smiling for it because yes, he's got a girl in the stands. And so his mind is clearly not really focused on hockey right then, unlike Banks in D2. That is very well done. That was, I think I've used this analogy before, but that was like college English level sort of deconstruction. Bullshit. Of the narrative. <laughs> if you want to call it that. If you want to call it that. Uh, Apologies to any English teacher listeners that we might have out there. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. Uh, if you want to come on the pod, we might have you on. I don't know. Hit us up. That would, that would be amazing. To have an English teacher on the pod? Yeah. We should try to get a... Um, break down all the... Like a... Break f- down all the symbolism. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You, we need to have somebody pretty good, though. We could probably get some kind of like film teacher on it, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, let's see what happens. I'll uh I'll throw we, some feelers. We could, we could get my uh we get my 10th grade English teacher. We watched Last of the Mohicans one time and it took like 8 days to get through that thing because she loved all the all the all the symbolism. Shout out to Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Chavez. Yeah, Mrs. Chavez. Yeah, I mean reach out to Mrs. Chavez and see if she can come on. Uh, I would love to hear what she thinks about all the symbolism and all the, the callbacks and all that kind of stuff and foreshadowing. All those words you use in English classes. Speaking of movies and classes, and this is going to go off, but one time in, uh, in high school, in Spanish class, we had a substitute teacher for like a few days. And so we watched the movie uh, John Q in English. 
yeah. And it's like... That's weird. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is great and all, but shouldn't we be learning Spanish or something? And it wasn't like the end of the year. It was like January. So it's like, I guess a sub, they got a sub who didn't know Spanish. And yeah. so we just watched a movie for a few days. That's and, awesome. Those you know, are always not the complaining. best days. Yeah. Those are always the best days. So you watch, you watch, you watch Juan Gu. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Well done. I think so. Well and then uh, in another time in English class, uh, in 11th grade, we watched some movie with Michael J. Fox. I forget what it was called. At least I think it was Michael J. Fox. But there was nudity in it. Oh. And it just kind of like came out of nowhere. Like this lady was naked in the lake. <laughs> and everyone just kind of like perked up immediately. And I don't know if the teacher didn't realize it, but she just kind of played it off. But that was a very memorable movie moment in class. Okay. So can can we do a, an entire episode about movies that Tommy watched in middle school and high school? We watched. Uh, I'll just run through. We watched Remember the Titans a lot. <laughs> we did. We did watch that too. We watched Selena we a watched lot. October Sky a lot. <laughs> we watched Glory in eighth grade, and uh, we had to get some kind of like permission. That's that's see that's why America is falling behind. Don't watch the Mighty Ducks, but. On that nudity point, before we get back to it, at my freshman year of high school, I took a class. It was like a film class, but all we really did was watch movies all day. Well, it's we, a film class, but <laughs> what do you expect? Well, like, we didn't write anything. We didn't really talk about it too much. We just watched, and then once we finished it, we would just watch another movie. But we were watching Silence of the Lambs, and she's like, and the teacher's like, okay, I have to fast forward through this part. And so that's when uh, Buffalo Bill, like, tucks it. Behind <laughs> so she goes and she like fast forwards and then she like turned off the tv and then she turned it right back on and it was right in the middle of the scene when he's just like dancing around she's like oops and then she was very embarrassed and that's how the story ends and and now we're back did you ask to be like excused from the class because it was so mortifying no i just laughed did everyone laugh are you the only one who laughed <laughs> No, uh, we did have one homeschool kid in our class. Well, he was a previous homeschool kid, but he was uh, he was cool. So yeah, because if he had been homeschooled, it's like he broke in just to watch that <laughs> that one scene with Buffalo Bill. That's a great point. That's a great point. All right, off of our tangent about movies we watched in class. Yeah, so, if anyone is still listening, we'll get back to the Mighty Ducks minute. Mm-hmm. So Charlie takes off his helmet and waves to Linda. Obviously, the team has to see this to some extent of him, like, flipping up his helmet. I mean, what does his team think about this? Uh, you're about to play your first game at this new school, and, like, it's kind of a big deal. Like, you have to win to keep your scholarships, and he's flipping up his helmet, waving to girls in the crowd. Just how does the team feel about Charlie right now? They could think that he's waving to his mother, because later on in the Mighty Ducks minute, we do see that mama conway is there mm-hmm. um yeah they, and maybe they don't see it and, and honestly i can imagine uh all the ducks especially the male ducks would be like oh charlie waving to that girl and so they would just kind of like give him shit they they're not really caring but coach orion is probably a much different story mm-hmm. can can we talk about like that goofy ass smile that he gives whenever he looks up in the stands like <laughs> come on come on bro like Gotta have a, at least a little bit more game than that. Like he just like basically does the, you know, the full tooth grin and wave. Like, what is this your first time, man? It, so what? What is? So the... he should have acted like he'd been there before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. What is the correct move in that situation? Like a head nod or what? 
maybe a, a very slight head nod, maybe even just not even acknowledge because you're so in the zone. Yeah. You should have just given her the finger because girls love assholes. <laughs> There's so what I many done. layers to that statement. That you just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like, I went too far when in my like mind when I, that came out and then I brought it back uh, to what Tommy was actually saying. So that's a. Uh, you talking about fingers and assholes. <laughs> exactly. Too much symbolism for you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. All right. Uh, before we kind of move on to the next part, I do want to point out the kids behind Linda, uh, especially when she's waving. They're just sitting still and like making weird faces. And I initially thought they were cardboard cutouts, but then we see them later and they're jumping and cheering. So, I mean, in that situation where you're behind kind of one of the stars in the movie, is it the right move to kind of like have your moment of stardom to kind of make those faces? Or do you do you just go with the flow and, and try to act straight? I say you absolutely take your shot. I mean, you- you never know. I mean, this could be your big break. You got to do what you got to do. I'm a big fan of the kid who's wearing the Charlotte Hornets jersey. <laughs> yeah. In the back. It's like whoever like was doing costumes, I guess, made, clearly, I guess they didn't really care. Uh-huh. It's like, why would he be wearing that? I mean, why not wear a T-Wolves jersey or something? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was a big Muggsy Bogues fan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make much sense. I was trying to see the number, but you can't really see it. It looks like maybe like a six or a nine. It's kind of or maybe an eight, just rounded at the top. That's about all you can see. Uh, but yeah, he does kind of make his mark in this minute. Uh, I didn't really notice him before, but when you would just watch this minute by itself, uh, just great job by that kid. Uh, so we we finally go into the game now, and. Charlie wins the faceoff, gives it to Fulton. Fulton hits two guys. Uh, complete interference. That's illegal. You can't do that. They didn't have the puck. And then Charlie pulls off this completely unnecessary spin move. No one's around him. He just spins. Uh, is that a cool sort of hot dog move? Or are people just like laughing at this kind of douchebag poser here? I will say that I like watching it. Like it, it looks like they're playing against cardboard cutouts. Like <laughs> the Blake Bears didn't even make any effort. Like it, it looks like it's like they're playing against third graders or something. Like Charlie's not that good. Yeah, he. I like. I don't think he needed the spin move, and I, I can see why Coach Orion is upset even after, or I guess before. He celebrates, but after the goal, uh, Orion does not look happy. And, and I was wondering why, but maybe that's why. He's just Charlie's being kind of this hot dog right away. Yeah, uh, I think Charlie's hot dogging is, is the main reason why Orion is upset. Um, and then after he scores, he also does another lift up your helmet thing. That's true. And so, I mean, that's got to just kill Orion inside. Like he's already like that's two lines for for Conway at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, so Charlie lifts up his helmet and then he does he flips it back down and then he does another celebration there. Again, you're playing the Black Bears. It's your first goal. Ha- I agree with Orion here. Have a little class. 
now, is Orion right, or should should he have be, been a little more happy here, or is he just right to rag on Charlie for scoring 14 seconds into the game here? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that Orion has a giant stick up his up his ass at this point, but. And he also just has, he doesn't like Charlie. He needs to break him down a peg or two, but I don't know. I, I think Charlie, I think he put Charlie in this position where he kind of has to assert his dominance. You know, he kind of has to regain that alpha dog status. So you think Orion put Charlie in a position? to regain the alpha dog status from Orion again, or just on the team? Well, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is that Orion kind of forced Charlie's hand here. Like Charlie has to do something he feels that will kind of, you know, mark his territory a little bit more. You know yeah. I mean? To, I guess my question is, is he marking his territory just because he's not captain anymore, so he's marking his territory as like the best uh, from the team, or is he going further and marking his territory from specifically Orion? I think it's specifically related to Orion. Okay, I got you. Yeah, uh, I don't know if Orion put him in that situation. I think o- Charlie could have been more mature and just taken the coaching. And understood that Orion was trying to develop him into a two-way player. But obviously, Charlie did not want to do that. Now, just anything else you see from this minute here that you guys want to touch on? Oh, lots of things. Um, first is when he celebrates. Um, every, like One thing I noticed is Goldberg is sitting on the bench, obviously. And he has his helmet on, like mask and everything. <laughs> I have never seen a goalie... Like on any level with their mask on on the bench, and then like ten seconds later, like after like they've celebrated whatever, they go back to it and his helmet's off. And so I'm wondering if he just like went ham and like threw his helmet in the air <laughs> and like just even like further pissed off Orion because they're all going nuts. And mm-hmm. I can see Goldberg <laughs> definitely doing like throwing his helmet in the air trying to catch it, and then it just like either going into the crowd or like going under the ice and just like sh- shattering. Mm-hmm. Um. But I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I I did not notice that. But if Goldberg <laughs> did throw his helmet in the air, I would think that Orion would just never play him again. He would just force him to like quit the team or be just sit on the bench all day. Uh, Kevin, anything from you here? Uh, I will say I think this was kind of the beginning of the end for Hans's heart. Um, you kind of see it cut to Hans yeah. and he kind of clutches his chest. Um, so you can kind of see the beginning of the end there for him. Uh, you can tell the old ticker's just not quite working the way it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get an early glimpse into the intensity of Coach O'Ryan uh, and his um, I, hatred of hot dogging, I guess you can call it. <laughs> he hates um, hot dogs. He he hates hot dogs. He's not American, really. He's quite Canadian. <laughs> he hates the um, like the Coney Island hot dog eating contest. Love that contest, but it's not about me. But yeah, that's uh, that that's that's pretty pretty much what I what I took away from that. 
Yeah, that is a good point on Hans. He is looking very old in these. There's little two little cutscenes. He's looking very old in both of them. Now, is whether that's just an appearance so he can fake his own death or you know whatever actually happened. That's the conversation for another day. Uh, real quick here, who is your MVP of this minute here? Uh, my MVP is someone we haven't mentioned yet. Or this is, might be like co-MVPs. Okay. Um, so in the scene, and Mike is going to point this out in the show notes, um, when they pan back after Charlie scores, there's a celebration shot. They look at um, Charlie's mom. <laughs> and behind Charlie's mom, I swear to God, it looks like the actor who played uh, Dewey and Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> like looks just like him. He was also like young Joe Dirt in Joe Dirt. Um, it, it's a swear to God that that's got to be him. <laughs> And so that's all I could really think about after I saw that. So he's definitely one of my MVPs because he stole the scene. Um, but the other one, I mean, I think you have to give it to Charlie as the MVP of the scene. I mean, even though he's hot dogging up and down, and you don't you don't want to make him the MVP, but you know he does have like a a goal. So yeah. I'll say I'll I'll say this, uh, and this might kind of contradict a little bit what I said earlier. Which, which wouldn't be, you know, not the norm. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do feel like uh, maybe a sneaky Dark Horse MVP would be, uh, I'm blanking on her name, but Charlie's girl. Linda. Uh, Linda, because it kind of uh, spurred him to be the star of the scene. You know, he's kind of hot-dogging it for her a little bit, too. So maybe, maybe that had a little bit to do with it. But I guess you could go with Orion in that kind of same scenario. Because without without him or her, I don't think you would see that Charlie. I want to pose a quick question. If Linda is not at the game, do the Ducks blow that nine-goal um, lead? Do they not actually tie? Do they just have like a sound win, like 7-2 to two or something? I personally want to say that they still blow the lead because it initially starts with Charlie trying to impress Linda, but... I think once the first period, second period goes on, that kind of, um, I guess, novelty wears off, and then they just go about dominating, and they really just kind of got too cocky, too too confident in their own sort of abilities. So maybe, maybe they hold on a little longer, and they squeak out a win, like a 9-8 win or something, but I think it's rough still. Roughly the same. I think they still do tie, but Kevin, you may disagree here. Oh man, um, I think I think it was kind of destined for them to tie. Um, I think they all kind of needed that that kick in the pants. So I think it would have happened regardless. Um, but I I definitely don't think that it would have made much of a difference whether she's there or not. Charlie has something to prove either way. Mm-hmm. So, All right. So, Tommy, your MVPs are Dewey and Charlie. Is that correct? Correct. And- <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. Dewey's more of an honorable mention. <laughs> uh, Kevin, who, would you, who did you kind of settle on as your MVP or co-MVPs if you would like? Um, I'll go with Orion. All right. I do like the points you brought up about Linda. Um, I personally 
would have to say Charlie as well, just because even though he's not likable and he's not really contributing into a good way, he still makes the scene uh, kind of in a bad way, just to kind of as this hot dog. So Charlie is my MVP, and we'll have another Mighty Ducks minute in, I don't know, five to six more episodes. That's kind of the schedule we're on here. Uh, now, though, it's time for the quack question. Now, if you don't remember or you're new to the quack attack, we send out calls for quack questions, or you just send them in randomly. I love when we get the random quack questions. They're more fun. So, basically, you guys ask us questions on Twitter. We try to answer them. Kevin, what is the quack question today? Uh, today's quack question comes from uh, one of our newer, but uh, I would I would say more vocal quackalites out there. Um, so I always love that. Uh, this one comes from Leah Burns, who's at Leah underscore Nog on Twitter. Uh, and her quack question is, was Portman on steroids during D2 and D3? Quote, roid rage. Yeah, I mean, there is some evidence... There, I guess there could be some evidence of roid rage here. Now, D2, he seems to be just kind of older than everybody. And so maybe he matured just a little quicker, um, just hit puberty a little faster. I can see where that comes in. Now, D3 is interesting because, A, he's gone for a long time. So we don't know what Portman is doing. Uh, really, from the beginning of the documentary right until he comes right at the end. And uh, B, he's just like throwing around these varsity players who should be and I guess have to be three to four years older than him. So I think there is some evidence that he could have been taking roids in D3. I th- I'm less... Uh, a less inclined to say he was doing it in D2. I think he was just kind of bigger than everybody. But um, I've been wrong before. So, Kevin, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think we all know where I'm going with this. I think he absolutely was on steroids. Um, I, I, I I would kind of go the opposite way of you, though. I, I would think maybe he's more likely to be on roids in D2 because he's still kind of trying to maybe still make that name for himself. I think he might have... He's kind of coasting along in D3. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe he's more likely to have been doing that during D2 when he's still kind of, um, you know, making that name for himself. Does the Junior Go World Games have testing, like steroid testing or just drug testing, well, I, you think? I, I, I think after the, those games, they implemented it because of him. <laughs> oh, Okay. So uh, there were just kind of rumors going around, and then he sort of, uh, and then after that, they just had to institute it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I could see that just because, as we mentioned, we don't really know the competition level of the Junior Goodwill Games here. Like, this could be a very low-level international competition, but uh, so that's why I think that steroid testing or I guess drug testing might not be uh included but I don't know if they even drug test in like a junior olympics or whatever I don't know uh Tommy just what are your thoughts on the overall topic here um 
I think, yeah, they, they definitely wouldn't have drug tested. Um, I, I can't think of a, really a reason for them to do it, but I definitely agree that they probably implement it after Portman. Um, you know, and also he, maybe, maybe it was just, uh, you know, we've kind of mentioned this about half a dozen times, but it always could have been that Danny Almonte situation where he was just like two years older than everyone. And so maybe it wasn't steroids. Maybe it was just, you know, he was older and, you know, he got, uh, got a bit bigger. That's true. Do they, would they figure out that he was older before he got to high school or is he still two to three years older, but just playing with the freshman team, which is, I guess the ducks are virtually the freshman team. So is he still two years, two to three years older than the ducks in that situation? Um, yeah. And the good thing is, is like, you can be like 21 and to be still and still be in high school. Right. I don't know if there's different rules for like private schools, mm. but like, so yeah, he could be, you know, an 18 year old freshman or something. Cause we, we have maintained that he's not really the, the brightest guy. Yeah, that's true. He could have been held back. And then even though he was technically, and they do figure out that he's older, he's still in the same grade with the ducks and stuff like that. So, so, I guess just the final steroids for Portman in D2 and D3, yes or no? I'd say yes. For both? Uh, I'll say D2. Maybe he got caught before D3 and cut it out. That might be why he's like suffering. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, that's why he's not there. He's suffering like a secret suspension or something like that. I think that's absolutely correct. So I'm going to go ahead and say yes for D2, but he was caught. And so he had to sit out for like six months or something like that. Um, it's like a, like in Major League Baseball, you're banned for like, you know, 50 games or whatever your first offense. So maybe this one was just like a a time frame. So yeah, he, he, he got caught uh, roiding in, in D2, but because it was such a gray area, it was just kind of like, okay, look, just don't come back for six months or whatever mm-hmm. like that. You know, we don't blow the whistle on you. You don't blow the whistle on us because of our, like, terrible drug testing policies. And, you know, everyone's happy. Yeah, see, I was going to go the other way, say that, you know, he wasn't really doing steroids. And if he did, it would be in D3 so he could compete with the varsity. But it makes the fact that he is suspended for steroids makes more sense than just him being lazy or not signing his scholarship or whatever like that gives more of a reason for his absence than what was explained in the documentary so i think that is actually the case here and i think we've just solved another one of the great mighty ducks mysteries so if you have any other mysteries for us to solve go to thequacktech.com you can contact us there or at quacktechpod on twitter facebook quack facebook.com slash pod. go to our store links on the quack deck or if you if you want to go direct some people like to type it in directly i don't really uh understand you guys but you guys i'm sure you're out there so the quack deck that threadless.com cake eater shirts are in and they're looking strong they were endorsed by aaron schwartz himself on the last episode so get yours now shout out to Billy Canada, who sent us a picture with his uh, Air Bombay loafer shirt. It's for the kids, guys. Uh, other than that, iTunes.com, not .com, just iTunes. Go there. 
Give us five stars. Write a review. Tell us your favorite part about this minute. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Black, black.